0: There are some people you just can't please, aren't there? Jesus performs this wonderful thing for a mute man. He casts out a demon, and you'd think everybody would be happy about it. But, 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 there's some people who just can't be pleased. We call them naysayers. Maybe you know some people like that. Maybe you are a person like that. I don't know. Naysayers, scoffers. You heard them put it this way, well, he's only doing that by the power of the devil. That's what they were accusing Jesus of doing. Or the other scoffers, the other naysayers were saying, oh, well, he can do that, but can he do anything else? They were looking for some other sign from heaven. Here's a man casting out a demon, and they say, do something else. There are some people who you just can't please. But was Jesus really trying to please anyone? It's an interesting question. Did Jesus come to kind of garner public support and get 51% of the people on his side? And the other 49%, well, now we've got the majority and so that's what really matters. I wonder if Jesus is perhaps the kind of person who just can't be pleased. You know, those kind of people who want to have it all their way or no way at all. I think Jesus is that kind of person. Thanks be to God. Jesus doesn't play parts. That's the point this morning. He hasn't come into this world to save part of you and to leave the rest of you behind. Jesus is not in a bad way a naysayer or a scoffer, but Jesus is the kind of man who is not pleased unless he gets his way. That's how God always has been. Look it back in the story of Moses and Pharaoh. When God called Moses out of the burning bush, he didn't tell Moses, now Moses, make sure you mind your P's and Q's when you go into Pharaoh's court. He's an important man after all. Now Moses, when you go to Pharaoh, make sure that you tell him, here's the deal, Pharaoh, let me explain everything calmly and coolly and rationally. Let me make sure you understand it all, Pharaoh. No, that's not what God told Moses to do. He said, get yourself in there, Moses, and tell him, let my people go. I'm not asking. God plays for keeps. Thanks be to God. God does not say, hey, Pharaoh, what do you think? Can we make a deal here somehow? You get to keep the Egyptians and I get the Israelites. No, when God wants something, he demands it. Let my people go so that they may serve me. He sent Moses in there on a mission, not a mission to negotiate, not a mission to make a deal, not a mission to bargain, but to demand. Let my people go because I love them. Let my people go because they are mine. Let my people go because I will have my people. When kingdoms collide, this is what happens. Now, thankfully, thankfully, usually, we can make out a deal between people, right? Usually, we can negotiate. And usually, the nations of the earth can settle their disputes without a full-on conflict, But sometimes it happens that what one side demands, the other side will not give into. And that's what happened down in Egypt. The Lord made a demand and Pharaoh said, "Uh uh-uh, not gonna happen. I'm not gonna let these people go. They're my slaves, they belong to me. And so God said to Moses, all right, Moses, do the plagues, not just once, not just twice, not even just three times, but again and again and again. Moses went in there and demanded, let the people go. And again and again and again, Pharaoh said, no way. And again and again and again, the Lord said, all right, then here's what happens. I will show my power for what I demand, I get. Thanks be to God. He doesn't throw the towel in. He doesn't say, well, I tried. You know, well, we asked Pharaoh nicely, but he just didn't want to give up those Hebrews. No, the Lord gets what he wants. And what he wants, mark it well, what he wants is you. He won't have just part of you. He will have all of you. Thanks be to God. He does not play part ways. He plays for keeps. Pharaoh refused, but the Lord God wasn't interested in negotiations. And so you know the rest of the story. You know about the Passover. You know about the blood on the doors. You know about God bringing his people out and carrying them through the Red Sea and drowning hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his host in the sea. For God will have his people. God will have his people. That was true back in Egypt, and that was true when Jesus came into this world. He came not to cut a deal with the devil, all right? You get half of them, and I get the other half. You can have, you know, the really bad ones, and I'll have the ones who are a little bit decent, you know, like all of you. (laughs) Jesus came into the world, and he did not say to to Satan, please, can I have them back? He said, like he said through Moses, they're mine. I'm taking them back. Sometimes we get this wrong, don't we? We think, well, Jesus would never demand things. Jesus would never speak with power. Jesus would never speak with might. After all, he's the Lamb of God, and lambs are meek and lowly. And Jesus certainly was meek and lowly. But beware, beware of the either-or, the false either-or. It goes like this. Either Jesus was meek and gentle and lowly, or he was strong and mighty and powerful. Thanks be to God, you don't have to choose between those things. For Jesus is both the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and he is called in Scripture the Lion of Judah, the Lion who will get his people, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of hosts, the King of the nations who comes to command his people's obedience and to win them back. Listen again to how he put it when he was talking to these people who could just not be pleased. He compares the devil to a strong man, and he compares himself to an even stronger kind of a man. Thanks be to God, you don't have to choose between either meek and gentle Jesus and strong and mighty Jesus, but he is both. He puts it this way, when a strong man fully armed, I got to find it here, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when who, when one who is stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, then he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides up the spoil. You know what Jesus is talking about there. He's talking about his confrontation with the devil. He's talking about his mission, about what he has come to do. He has not come to bow down to Satan. You remember that from just a couple weeks ago in the wilderness? Remember how Jesus spoke with the devil out in the wilderness? Not, oh, Satan, please, please, please leave me alone. No, he spoke with power. Be gone. He spoke with authority. Get away. Jesus has not come to negotiate with the devil. He has come as the stronger one who overcomes, who attacks the devil so that he may steal back from him, so that he may take back, we should say, what rightly belongs to him, and that is you. Jesus puts it this way this morning so that we understand things quite clearly. He has come into the world like a thief in the night, he says in other places. He has come to win us back, to take us back to himself, and so he must be a stronger-than-the-devil kind of a Lord. And thanks be to God you have one who is stronger than the devil. For what does it say in Scripture? He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. The Son of God has appeared to destroy The works of the devil. That's what Jesus was doing in his ministry. That's what he was saying with these words. See, the devil before used to just have everything in good order. He was like a strong man with his lies, with his deceptions, with his accusations against us. Everything was in order. We were like his goods, Jesus says. We were like the possessions of his courtyard. And he had the house all surrounded until Jesus broke in until Jesus broke in and came to pull us out. And when Jesus pulls you out, he means to keep you, okay? He means to keep you, just like he meant to keep the Israelites. Remember when they were wandering around in the wilderness and they they strangely had this odd idea that life would be better if they could go back into Egypt, remember that? Well, back in Egypt, we used to at least have three square meals a day. And they forgot about how terrible it was living under Pharaoh. Did the Lord say to him, okay, you can go back. This was a nice little experiment. No, he rained down on them manna in the wilderness. He fed them with water from a rock. When Jesus gets a hold of you, he means to have all of you and he means to keep you. Jesus speaks this way so that we understand what our condition would be apart from him. Apart from faith in Jesus, you would belong to the power of the devil. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you would be possessed by demons, but it means that you would be living in darkness. It means that you would be part of his palace, that you would be part of his kingdom, that you would be living a delusion. And sadly, many people do. And the hardest thing about that, about living in a delusion, is that you think everything is going great. Have you ever been deluded? Have you ever deceived yourself? Have you ever tricked yourself into thinking that everything is just fine? It's just fine. It's just fine. And if I repeat it enough, then surely it will be just fine. And meanwhile, everything around you is falling apart? That is the condition of humanity apart from Jesus Christ. And if you doubt me, just look around. It's just fine. Everything's just fine. There's no difference between men and women. Everything is just fine. Maybe if we say it longer, maybe if we say it enough, everything will be just fine. If you, let's, it's just fine. No, it's not. The, light, the world apart from Jesus Christ is not plowing along just fine, no matter how much it says to itself, everything is just fine. But with Christ Jesus, with Christ Jesus, there is Hope. With Christ Jesus, there is not deception but truth. With Christ Jesus, there is not accusation after accusation after accusation and guilt upon guilt upon guilt and shame upon shame upon shame. For Christ has come to take away those tactics of the devil. What has he come to do? He's come to take that guilt of your sin upon himself. He has come to take the shame of your sin upon himself. He has come to do away with death and the fear of death so that you would not live underneath those things any longer, but that you might be set free in Christ Jesus. For Christ gets what he wants. And what he wants, dear friends, is you. And not just a part of you, but all of you. So gather with him. Let yourself be gathered to him in the holy Christian church. Never listen to anyone who says, well, I don't need the church. Because Jesus came to build a church on earth. He came to gather people to himself. What does he say in our reading today? Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever will not gather with me will scatter. How wonderful it is that our Lord Jesus doesn't leave us to ourselves, that he doesn't just call us out of the kingdom of darkness and say, all right, you're on your own, figure it out. But he calls us into the kingdom of light. He surrounds us with brothers and sisters in Christ. He surrounds us with friends in Christ who help us to resist the tactics of the devil so that we don't go back to living a delusion. Christ Jesus calls us to himself, so never listen to anyone who says you don't need to bother with that old stodgy thing called the church, for Christ will have a church, he will have a people, he will have those who are gathered to him in body and those who are gathered to him in their minds. Learn to think the thoughts of Jesus by reading his word. Learn to speak the way that Jesus speaks by reading his word, for blessed are those not who are simply close to him genealogically. You heard that at the very end of our gospel reading this morning, right? Someone heard the things Jesus was saying and doing and they said, blessed is your mom. She must be so proud of you, Jesus. It must be great to be your mom. And Jesus said, you know what's better than being my mom? You know what's better than being close to me in a family way? Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God like you do today. You have it better than Mary did. Blessed are those who hear the word of, well, Mary heard the word of God too and she kept it. So I'm not saying anything against St. Mary. But blessed even more than Mary are those who, like you, hear the word of God and keep it. For when you have the word of God, then you have that authoritative powerful word that breaks down the darkness of the devil. You have that authoritative powerful word that overcomes the devil and all his works and all his ways. You have that authoritative powerful word of the Lion of Judah who says to you today, let my people go that they may be with me. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.